Our second reading is 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself just as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Like many of you, I thank the Lord that I was blessed with outstanding teachers during my childhood. And I was blessed with outstanding teachers on into graduate school. These, these educators were good men and women, and they were so committed to their important and uh, often underappreciated vocation. And as a result of their professionalism and their commitment to excellence every day in the classroom, I learned so much and I was well prepared for the life, the opportunities, and the duties that awaited me. I know I'm not alone in those sentiments. As I studied 1 John chapter 3 and prayed over the scripture in preparation for today's sermon, I was reminded of two of those teachers from long ago. The first teacher that came to mind was Miss Tag, T-A-G, Miss Tag. She was right out of college. Looking back now, I guess you'd say that she dressed like a hippie. But she was my fourth grade teacher in Newburgh, New York, at Little Britson Elementary School, while my dad was assigned to the United States Military Academy at West Point. I remember the day in fourth grade when she instructed all the boys and girls in our class to uh, write a short story. And she was teaching us about the past, the present, and the future. So she said, when you write your stories, you must include some details about the past, whatever your story happens to be, uh, information about present realities, and then, you know, look into the future as you write your story. Well, I was and still am fascinated by our rich American history. And so I wrote a short story about this imaginary boy who was living in New York City when the House of Representatives met for the first time in Federal Hall in 1789. I got an A. And then as I was looking at the scriptures, I was also reminded of an educator that came into my life years later one of my wildlife biology professors, he called all of us his bio jocks. (laughs) And he insisted that when we did our field studies and research, 
that we exercised intellectual precision. He said, be sure of these things, what you do know and what you can rightly observe, record, and share. And then be honest about what you do not yet know in these field studies and your research on a particular species of fauna or flora, its natural history, you know, what it needs you know, in a particular biota for sustainability. Just be honest about what you know and don't know. Miss Tag and that biology professor both were with me, <laughs> blessed be their memory. When I was studying the scripture for today's homily, because God speaks to us, does he not? Very clearly about our past, our present, and our future in these three verses. And we're also reminded of what we know and what we don't know. And we Christians need to be honest about that. So John reminds us of our past where there's love. See what love the Father, past tense, has given us. And whenever John refers to this love in his gospel or his letters, he's not talking about love, you know, as some idea, some category, some concept. He's talking about Jesus. The Word made flesh. See what love the Father has given us, that he would send his Son to die on a cross for sinners like you and me. See what love the Father has given us, that Jesus was laid in the tomb and raised on the third day. See what love the Father has given us through the power of the resurrection. John spells out what this love is just a few verses later in chapter 4 of this first epistle. And I want to read for you how that is paraphrased in Eugene Peterson's The Message version of the Bible. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his only son to the world that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that God first loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice for our sins and a way of clearing away all the damage they've done to our relationship with the Lord. John reminds us of the past where God made the first move. Where God loved us first. And this we know. It's been proven and demonstrated on the cross. This is the truth that sets us free. So, brothers and sisters, all faithful Christian teaching and preaching will point ultimately to Jesus and the cross. And by this, you can test whether any uh, person claiming to be a pastor, teacher, evangelist uh, is authentic and orthodox and faithful to the word of God or just a player, just pretending. Do you meet Jesus? Do you see the cross? Are you reminded of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God in that preaching and teaching? Because authentic biblical proclamation 
will never be based on the personality and all the wonderful gifts of the pastor. It will never be based on human psychology, your feelings and your emotions, social issues, or even politics. It will always focus on the cross. Now, this does not mean that we Christians ignore the world around us. Instead, it is Jesus, the core of our calling, the crux of our faith. It is Jesus, knowledge of his lordship and his perfect love, that informs how we live in this world and how we deal with and face all the complexities and all the challenges that seem to be coming at us one after another in these uncertain times. And having reminded us of this known gift of love in the past, John can boldly say, and because of that past, because of what God has done, you are a child of God now. It's a done deal. It's a given. It's a gift. This is grace. This is mercy. It's all as a, comes as a result of Jesus, which means you didn't earn it. <laughs> Neither did I. We never could. The price is too great. You see, only Jesus could earn this gift for us you daughters of the Father, you sons of the living Lord. Only Jesus could do this. He takes your sins and says, in return, I'll give you my righteousness. What an exchange. He dies, listen, he dies the death we deserve and gives us the life we don't deserve. Which means your identity, your ultimate identity, your eternal identity uh, belongs to God and his love for you. The ways in which we identify and label and categorize one another in this world will one day end. They will be on the ash heap of human history. The ways that we label and size up and uh, mark who's in, who's out. A carnivore, a vegetarian, old-fashioned, postmodern, young, old, too heavy, too thin, cool, uncool, uh, geeky, extrovert, introvert, jock, brainiac, liberal or conservative, country boy, city girl. We measure and size up people all the time. We'll be doing that until Christ comes again in glory. But all those things have to do with the kingdom of this world. And that kingdom will someday come to a close. But the kingdom of Christ will abide forever. And no dark winter, not even the gates of hell, can prevail against God's family, the church. So John, having reminded us of the past, blessed us with the knowledge of our present identity, as God's children now, not just someday, can then look to the future. What we will be, ah, it's yet to be revealed in its fullness, right? 
there are some unknowns about what life after this life will be like. There's some great unknowns. That's why Paul tells us, you know, in 1 Corinthians, uh, now we know in part, but then we'll know fully, even as we have been fully known. I look forward to, to knowing all the things I can't understand today. I don't know about you. And even now, we only know in part what our eternal life as children of a God will be like in heaven. But what we do know is enough. What we do know is more than sufficient. We will be like Jesus. We will see him as he is. We will see him face to face. Well, what do we know about Jesus? He was raised bodily, physically. The resurrection we celebrate is not that somehow Christ was resurrected in the minds of his disciples or that it was some spiritual resurrection you know, of some kind of ghost-like figure that resembled Christ. No, Jesus was raised in the flesh. Thomas, go ahead, put your hands right there where I was nailed and pierced. So we're going to have new resurrection bodies. That's the promise. And I got to tell you, I know for some of you, oh, Pastor Bruce, you're just a kid at 63. Well, this kid... Did, did not realize until recently that a person could be so sore and stiff in the morning. And then some of our older members said, well, hang on, kiddo, it only gets worse. I'm looking forward to having a new body that won't grow old, diseased, tired, arthritic. That's the promise we have when the new heaven and the new earth and creation is restored to God's original intention. And then please don't overlook these important words as John talks to us about the living as children of God today until we see the Savior face to face. Did you hear what he had to say? We need to be purified. We need every day to get cleaned up because we've all got dirt. We all have a past. We all have regrets. We all sin by what we do and by what we leave undone. And we get clean, we get purified not because we decide, well, today and for the rest of my life, I will be holy. No, it's not how it works. The Apostle Paul reminded us, oh, the good that I would, I do not do, and the evil that I would not do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. We seek to glorify God. We strive for obedience. But until we see him face to face, we never outgrow our need for mercy and grace and forgiveness. And so he says, this is how we get cleaned up. Our hope is in Jesus. And all who have this hope in the Lamb of God purify themselves just as he is pure.
You see, the world did not know him. That's the reason the world has such trouble understanding Christians. If the world knew Jesus, surely the world would not have put him on the cross. But we have this hope in the innocent one, pure and spotless, by his blood, which makes the foulest clean, that there is forgiveness of sin. There is purification. Past, you've got one. You know it. God knows it well. He knows my past too. Present, God is with you today. God has adopted you as his sons and daughters. He's made you his own. Amazing grace. And oh, how I wish, you know, I had a crystal ball where I could look in the future and see what's it going to be like come 2021? What's it going to be like after my family gathers for my funeral? What's it going to be like for my grandkids? Oh, I wish I could know. And we don't. But we know that the Lord goes with us and ahead of us. And his kingdom will reign forever and ever. May the peace, the sweet, blessed peace of Christ, which far surpasses all human understanding, everything we know, keep your hearts and your minds in faith until we see the Savior face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please remain seated. We'll sing together now a hymn that declares who God is and who we are, children of the Heavenly Father. God has made us his children, his people, through our baptism into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So living together in trust and hope, we affirm our Christian faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Please stand now as you're able.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated now as we pray together for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for others according to their many needs. Lord God, save and defend your whole church purchased with the precious blood of Christ. Give it pastors and baptized ministers filled with your Holy Spirit who serve you each day. Strengthen us through your word and the gifts of baptism and Holy Communion. Make your church perfect in love and all good works and establish it in the faith delivered to all the saints who've served you in their time before us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for our sister congregations around the world. And every week we remember pastors and baptized ministers of two sister fellowships. Today our hearts turn to Illinois. We ask you to bless and strengthen the life and witness of Norwegian Lutheran Memorial Church in Chicago and Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Rockton. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we ask that you would preserve our nation in justice and honor that we may lead a peaceable life of integrity. Grant health and favor to all who bear office in our land, especially to the President of these United States, the Governor of New Mexico, the Mayor of Albuquerque, and all those who make, administer, and judge our laws. Help them to serve this people according to your holy will. Lord, in your mercy, take away from us hatred and prejudice. Give to us the spirit of love. Dispose our days in your peace. Prosper the labors of those who take counsel for the nations of the world, that mutual understanding and common endeavor may be increased among all peoples. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, bless all schools, colleges, universities, centers of research. Bless those who teach and serve and those who learn there. Bestow your wisdom in such measure that people may serve you well this side of heaven, that our common life may be conformed to the rule of your truth, your good order, and your justice. Lord, in your mercy. We thank you again, Father, for veterans, especially the men and women in this fellowship who served our nation. Thank you for their willingness to put themselves in harm's way. Thank you for their service to you and our 
our nation. And we pray not only for them, but for all the good people on active duty or serving in the reserve now. Bless and sanctify them and keep them strong in faith, hope, and love. Lord, in your mercy, comfort with the grace of your Holy Spirit those in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity. Have mercy on those to whom death draws near. And so we ask you to touch with your healing hand these brothers and sisters, Joe Arnie, Debbie Abbott, Eli Anderson, Bill Barton, Connie Bennett, Jerry Benton, Gina Bombard, Marie Burke, Buzz Buzzboom, Beverly Kaplis Knurt, Karen Carroll, the D'Angelo family, Dwayne DeWerf, Derek Edscorn, James and Larry Ferber, Earl Gale, Cameron and Christopher Golden, Lee Holcomb, Willa Hughes, Shirley Eisler, Carolyn and Luther Jacobson, Nick Jillick, the Johnson family, Joe Kane, Peter Lane, Caleb Lasher, Helen Lee, Claire Lindstrom, Laurie McKelvey, Joe Morgan, Ralph Nelson, Barbara Peterson, Diane Cedillo, the Staffoin and Coffinor families, Sue Watkins, Christy Winty, Judith Wilder, Shannon Wilder, and all those loved ones we name to you now quietly in our hearts, knowing that you hear us. Lord, in your mercy, bring consolation to those in sorrow and mourning. We remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you here on earth, who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly, everlasting kingdom. We pray today again for the Dix family at the death of Connor, for Tom Thomas's family as they mourn his passing, for Ron and Jan Lording as they release their daughter Tammy to your care and keeping. Lord, in your mercy. Father, your kingdom surely comes without our asking. It surely comes. But we pray as Jesus taught us that your kingdom would come among us and even through our witness. And so we pray together as the Lord taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.